Hello, hello. Welcome to episode four, Sonic Inducers. We're back. Jesse here, along with, introduce yourself. Hey, this is Nick. <laughs> slick, slick Rick Nick, that's what I like to call him. <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, episode four, here we go. We're, we're going to dive right in and we're going to talk um, about songwriters and uh, how they are treated uh, in the digital space um, and how they're actually becoming more recognized as a major part of this music industry. And uh, we wouldn't have songs without the songwriter. And then we're going to dive into uh, something fun. I mean, this is fun too. I always say that this whole thing's fun, but the, uh, the more uh, soft news side of things uh, <laughs> talking about opening bands. Um, and uh, uh, I have some, I have one in particular I want to talk about, but there, I want to share some song lyrics later with you too, about there's a great song um, about an opening band. So, uh, we'll get to that, but let's, let's get to, uh, talking about writers and, and I'll start by saying this and I'm not trying to put down anyone's intelligence, but I th- think a lot of people who aren't really either, you know, part of the music industry or in the know, they don't really realize that not all pop stars or all, all songs that you hear on the radio are written by the person singing it or performing it. 100%. And that's, it's, it's surprising to a lot of people, uh, that that's the case. I remember as a kid, you know, I, I had no idea there was a difference, right? <laughs> um, but, uh, some, some, you know, major label acts do write their own songs and they write portions of it. Um, you've got some acts who have a team of writers. Um, and then you've got, you know, the singer songwriter in its truest form who has an acoustic or just a piano and they sit down and they write something. Um, but in most cases, if you're good at it, you can do pretty well because a lot of people will want to record your songs. Yeah, that's the best. So, um, you know, in this day and age with streaming and, and people being credited, um, a lot of times the writers aren't included there, but we're starting to see like on Spotify, I know NMPA, um, was really adamant about these services giving the writers credit as they well deserve uh, because we, again, we wouldn't have these songs if it wasn't for them. So you're starting to see now, if you look up a track, you'll see the writers listed there, which is great because I come from the world of writing. I mean, (laughs) I don't really write lyrics anymore, but um, you know, when I was in bands, uh, we would do um, an even split across the board just to prevent any arguing saying I wrote uh, 63% of this song, but then, you know, I only like wrote the riff for that one. It can get really complicated, (laughs) but again, that's why you have teams of people writing these things. And, and, you know, if you look at the, the, the percentage, the split split percentage, it can get really crazy in the weeds, as you know, being someone who came from the publishing world. But uh, yeah, we were talking earlier about um, Elvis. That's a prime right. Example. And how that operated. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if I'd consider him the first pop star. Maybe, maybe we could say that. It, you know, it's some people would argue that, um, I guess, depending on where you're from, but I, um, I will tell you this, not the king of rock <clears throat> and roll king. There are two Kings of rock and roll to me. Oh yeah. Chuck, oh, yeah. Chuck Berry. There you go. Chuck Berry and Marvin Berry. No, okay. Chuck Berry, <laughs> <laughs> Chuck Berry and little Richard to me. They are the kings in rock and roll, but for reasons I won't get into now, they didn't get the credit. 
I'm assuming you could probably know why. But anyway, Elvis, you know, still got to um, respect the the showmanship and the impact he's had. But Nick, please tell us more because well, I'm talking way too much. No. Well, I mean, Elvis is a great example um, because much of what happened during the time when he was performing songs has carried on as far as songwriters go to right now. And what that means is Elvis didn't write tunes. Okay. So when he was up there playing Hound Dog or Blue Suede Shoes or any of his other hits, guess what? He didn't write them. Um, Other people wrote them. He covered. Here's a question. Who wrote Blue Suede Shoes? Carly Perkins. There you go. Is it Carl? Am I saying? Am I? I know it's Perkins is the last name. I think it's Carl. But he had his version. He had his version. But that was the thing back then. People covered each other all the time. It was really common. They do. I mean, they have covers now, but it was more common for like, oh, here's this really cool song, and then you'd have like four different versions of it. That's right. You know the year. As I understand it, and this could be botched memory, but I heard Carl Perkins. His version came out, obviously, before Elvis's, but he was in the hospital, I think. Now, I can there could be fact checkers out there that say, no, 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 you're wrong. I heard he was in the hospital and Elvis came out with his version after mm-hmm. that. Elvis's face was out there. He was doing blue suede shoes. It had switched. The, 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 the view of who had the hit went from Carl Perkins to Elvis's version. And it's really, really interesting. But what else Elvis did that still happens today is Elvis would tell songwriters, he said, hey, listen, this is a great tune. However, I want a portion of the publishing. It really wouldn't come from him. It would be coming from his, his camp, you know, the general or whoever. And that's just the way things went. There were a, a small portion of songwriters that that denied Elvis said, no, 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 no way. Um, but you don't know their names mm-hmm. or you don't know their songs because Elvis didn't cover them. Elvis would ask for publishing or ask for, and what that is, and many people know already, but ownership of the song, of a tune that he did not write. Mm-hmm. So every time that version of that tune gets performed by someone else, re-recorded by somebody else, Elvis or or artists like Elvis would benefit from that. Mm-hmm. And that happens today as yep. well. Um, from the likes top down, mostly pop, mostly pop artists. And it's becoming a, 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 um, a, dis- a strong discussion amongst the songwriting community on how to handle that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and- I. Sorry, I always tell people, you know, who are are going into a studio for maybe the first time, or they're a band and they're really excited about songs and they want to record. I say, you know, be careful who you invite in there, because if for someone sure. sneezes, if someone sneezes, or even just requests or suggests, hey, maybe you should say the instead of and, they can turn around and say, hey, I wrote part of the song, and then get money from that. What happens? Uh, yeah, and I have friends who they were on they were in a band and they went on this morning show and one of the fellow guests was Chubby Checker. And what? Yeah, it's pretty cool. So they got to hang out with him a little bit 
And of course, you know, chubby being chubby, you know, as we all know, was giving them music advice. And he basically just boiled it down to this. He's like, you just got to write that one song. He's like, I've been been living off the twist for, I don't know, at that point, it's like 50 years or something. I I do, I feel like I do a pretty good, decent chubby checker impression. I don't know if I should do it now because it's pretty loud. Now's the only time. I got back up from the microphone. All right. Okay, hold on. Ready? (laughs) (laughs) Come on, baby. Let's do the twist. Remember that? Remember there was a. Um, That's spot on. on. There's, there's more. There, do you remember back in the 80s? I think it was the 80s or early 90s. There was a commercial for Oreo and it, yeah. it used the twist, but it, they changed the lyrics to this. You take an Oreo cookie and you go like this. Remember that? <laughs> yes. <laughs> and then there's also. Let's twist again. Like when you last summer. Anyway. All right, moving on. But he was was not playing. He He was was. right. Yeah, and and, but I mean, I honestly, I'm sure the twist has been covered, but I, I maybe have not heard of uh, a cover of that. But I mean, I think his point is just right. Like, if you there's there's two sides to it. If you can write that one song that just lives on, it resonates. There's something about it. Something Mm -hmm. about it. You know, I saw. I have never been to a. Um, I've never been to what's that cat's name? Oh my gosh. Um, Margaritaville, Jimmy Buffett. I've never been to a Jimmy Buffett concert. Right. Mm-hmm. But when I was in school, he came and he was going to give a clinic, you know, George Martin gave a clinic about being the producer for the Beatles. I missed it. Unfortunately, I'll never let it down. <laughs> Jimmy Buffett came and said, come on. I'm going to give a clinic. And this is to maybe a room full of 50 students. Wow. And he came on and he had a, he had this wound on his head like this, like, like, like somebody hit him with a mallet. Like he was Tom and Jerry and he got hit with a mallet. Yeah. He said, first thing I took a header while I was riding my nine footer in Florida and I hit the reef. So that's what the bump is for. Everyone gave, gave a clap. He said, I'm here to tell you how to live your life off of one hit. But it's not that easy. You have to write the hit first. And that's not an easy, it's not even easy to write a song. I know, but it's just, he's, he's so, he's so correct because the tune, it, it's, it's timeless. You know, I'm not going to cover it because I don't think anybody can cover as well as the way he did it, but it's just, it's, it doesn't lose its shine. And that's the thing about writing a great song. Um, you can write something, you know, I'll bring up the holiday tune, let it snow, forget it, forget it. That's And, and that's seasonal. But mm-hmm. other songs that are just really popular, that they're generally three chords, maybe four, four chords, four. simple, yeah. simple melodies. And it's it's about I think there's some magic in the simplicity behind it, you know. There is it, but here's the thing, like I, like I was saying before, it is not easy to do that. And then even if you do, you got to get it in front of the right ears. You got to get someone to hear it because it's true. You know, what if you're not a performer? You're just in your bedroom and you're writing these great songs, but maybe you don't have the greatest voice or your guitar skills or piano skills are are subpar, but the song is there. 
and you need someone to take it and you know work their magic on it. Planets still, need to align. I know what you're right. saying. I know what you're saying. You know what? When we heard Ryan Tedder speak, he said just that because he's a I only know knew that dude from that like rock band, right? But he's a huge songwriter. Mm-hmm. And he said, Man, I've written so many hits, but I wasn't able to get him in front of the artist to perform them, to record. Right. He said, He said, the, the artist doesn't create the hit, it's the song. And that comes mm-hmm. back to it. If a song is written well, yes, you have to get it to the right person, but a good song is a good song. And that is the crux of the music industry. That is mm-hmm. the, 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 the music industry is built on the shoulders of the songwriters. Right. right? And, and they're not getting the credit that they deserve. And they're getting a little bit more now. Uh, and I'm, I'm mostly referring to, you know, the exposure, like letting people know, hey, this person wrote this song. That's starting yeah. to turn, but it's still not where I'm sure they would like it to be. Um, yeah. But yeah, we, again, I think it's the third time I'm saying it. We wouldn't be here if it wasn't for songwriters. Like 100%. there'd be no, obviously be no music. It'd be like, uh, there's no bookstores because, you know, no one's writing books anymore. No one's writing. <laughs> <You know? laughs> With the movie, the movie is, you know, what everyone loves. And then it's the kind of the same thing. I mean, yeah. it's not always, I like, I always like the book better. Right, right, but right. the general public might not know it was a book. Like, True. Oh, that movie, that movie. Here's here's the thing. If you if you if you read the book after you've seen the movie, it's so hard to remove the images of the characters. That's the, the thing. You're just characters. You're just going through the images of the movie. Mm-hmm. That's why it's way cooler to read the book first, and yeah. then because then your brain will build those images of what yeah. these characters look like, and then you go to the movie. Hopefully they do it well. What if they don't? You're like that guy didn't look like that in my head. <laughs> that was a horrible. That was a horrible casting decision. That's a horrible cast. <laughs> Why would you do that? I don't know. Why would you do that? But yeah, I um, I can't. I don't remember if it was if you were there with us, but it was uh, it was like a, I think a client was having some sort of holiday party in mm-hmm. Hollywood, like really hoity toity, in which you know I'm not really a big fan of those things because <laughs> I'm like I'm gonna walk in with my jeans and cowboy boots on my leather jacket i don't feel i feel out of place so anyway it was it was a um it was like a songwriter's celebration and i don't remember the gentleman's name but he wrote songs for one of the big pop artists these days and they let him play the song by him like it wasn't the artist it was the writer Yeah, yeah 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 and it was so endearing and so great because not the greatest voice not the greatest guitar player but just you could I'm getting the chills just thinking about it, but yeah, just yeah. how it came from, you know, it was a personal song, you know, yeah. he was singing about stuff that had happened to him, like love and loss, like every great song usually is about. And it was just so uh, it was inspiring. It was really endearing. And it was really cool to kind of see, you know, behind the curtain a little bit. Because um, my, That's where my the songwriters music- live, man, behind yeah. the curtain. Because my music experience, I've never really. I've come close to seeing that world, but I'm, you know, I, I, my music was always more underground. Um, mm-hmm. so it was kind of cool to see like the big machine and like where it starts and it started right there. Uh, that was really, that was a cool thing. Yeah. Um, I just remember it being really, really hot. I think you were there cause it was like that long restaurant and it was really hot in there. I remember I was just sweating the whole time. 
How is that was different in, than normal? I know. I was just like my face was glistening. I was nervous like, that people Jesse, were take like, your coat off. With you? Take your coat off. Your coat stay off. But they did it. They did have a coat room, but I didn't trust it. This is like I have an old vintage leather jacket. I'm like, I don't trust it back there. Take so my thing. Take your coat off. No, no, no. I don't know how long I'm staying. Even if someone took it, they'd hate it because the lighting. I mean, I guarantee you the jacket's from like the 60s. It's pretty old, but it looks so cool. It was a thrift store find uh, on Gall- a thrift store in Nashville on Gallatin Road. I don't remember the name of the thrift store, but it was 50 bucks. I was it's like, I can afford deal. that. But I was also a little heavier set back then and it didn't fit me. But I was yeah. right in the, I was starting to like eat better and work out. Yeah, yeah. So I brought it to the counter and it had, uh, it had like a special um, color tag on it. I'm like, oh, this tag color is 50% off today. So I got this jacket for 25 bucks. Boom. Yeah. That's awesome. the line, I've, I've had to get it repaired. Like just a couple rips and like certain seams. 150 around, around the biceps. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Hulk angry. Um, so uh, anyway, the repairs have cost more than the jacket was worth, but it was worth it to me. Anyway, if someone stole that jacket, the lining, I mean, you have to, it's almost like um, like those guns that only operate when the, the right person's hands are on it. I don't know that comparison. <laughs> or, um, hold on, let me think of a different one. Um, okay. Uh, Independence Day. The movie, yeah. when they're, I think this is right, when they ha- when they have to fly the alien spaceship, they can yes. only operate if the alien hand is on there. How do you pull like this that. comparison out? You're like, oh, Because um. that's what it feels like. There's not, like only, it's like the sword and stone, man. The only yes. person that can wear this jacket because you have to maneuver your arms just right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get if you. you don't get it in the right hole, it actually goes into, it goes into the coat and there's like all that weird dust and fiber in there. Anyway, I digress. Um... <laughs> So songwriters, songwriters, I, I, you know, they are vital. They are the lifeblood of what we do and, and what we enjoy. Um, even, even instrumentalists, you know, like composers, they're writing music, like John Williams of the world's, you know, uh, such iconic songs. Um, the, the songwriters that we all know and love, of course we know and love them because they get the attention and the credit, but there are so many other people that write that mm-hmm. we might not know who they are. And we're hoping that the digital world, is, as far as music is concerned, they start to get a little bit more love and more attention because I think really what I'm trying to say and what we're trying to say is they they are why we are here. The songwriter um, is vital. The artist is great. They're also very talented. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. But they wouldn't be there either if it wasn't for the songwriter. Uh, speaking of songwriters and bands, uh, I wanted to talk about the uh, the best opening band you've ever seen in your life. Because I know what mine is. I'm wondering yeah. if you have one. Best opening band I've ever seen in my life. Um, I would say the best opening band. It's probably not going to compare to yours, but I saw Derek Trucks open up for the Allman Brothers back when I was in college and he was just a little guy and i was like who is Derek trucks but huge almond brothers fan always have bought my gold top les paul because i love the almonds but i was like who is this guy then this long-haired blonde kid comes out with a slide and he starts ripping it just it was 
Dwayne Allman reincarnated. It was amazing. So I just, I, I was kind of blown off my seat, um, but uh, it was great. And he's grown to, you know, he married uh, Susan Tedeschi and um, they've started the Tedeschi Trucks band. And he's just probably one of the best slide guitarists alive at this point and a really solid guy. I think they live in Louisiana or something, but great. I love that one. Nice. How, how about you? So uh, I, there's this band from Wales called the Joy Formidable. They're a three-piece. Um, right. One of my favorite bands. That, that's not the opening band. This is the band that opened for, for them, but I'll get to that in a second. Uh, the Joy Formidable was introduced to me by a former bandmate. Um, we listened to the CD. I'm like, this is really cool because it's just it's guitar, bass, mm-hmm. and the drummer used to be a metal drummer, so he throws in like the double bass every once in a while, which is really cool. But I also think, you know, they, when they play live, they, they play some like ambient tracks behind them. So it's just kind of, that's your jam. Kind of my jam. I mean, I say psychedelic, but I don't really like psychedelic music, but it's, that's the only way I can really describe it. It just adds some texture. Um, And uh, I found out after my, my bandmate introduced me to them that we were going to share a bill, the Cincinnati music festival. Um, but of course, I think our set was at the same time as there. So I didn't get to see him. Um, so the first time I saw him, uh, was at the Hollywood bowl, but it was so far away and it was really cool. Really loved it. And then I found out that they're, they're playing at the Roxy, uh, on, sun, on sunset. Great venue. I've only been there once. And I'm like, you know, what? that's actually a pretty great venue. This would be a fun, uh, fun gig. So bought tickets, you know, paid, didn't really pay attention to the opener because really who does. Right. Sure. Right. But I knew it was right next to the Rainbow Room, which if you're not familiar, I am. that is, well, you are, but you, <laughs> the, the general you, the royal you. <laughs> the royal. If, you, if, you, if you're not familiar with what the Rainbow Room is, it's, it's, it's the, um, the bar restaurant next to the Roxy that is infamous for, you know, back in the 80s. It's where all the rock stars hung out. And yeah. some of them still do. My favorite uh, piece of history there is uh, Lemmy from Motorhead. He would mm-hmm. be there almost every day in the corner playing the like little, you know, slot machine video game thing. Yeah. Um, and unfortunately, I, I, w- I would go and visit the Rainbow Room just to see if he was in there, just to say hi, get a photo. No kidding. Every time I'd go, he wasn't there. He's on tour or something. Well, he ended up passing away, unfortunately. Um, but now they have a statue of him in there, which is really cool. So I've got a picture of me with the statue. <laughs> so ha- I, I remember having, I think it was pizza there. And of course you got to get a jacket. Pizza is so good. It there, is man. really good. It it's is surprisingly so great. good. So I remember I got a Jack and Coke cause that's what let me drink and then went to the show. And I always try, you know, I'm one of these people, like if I'm, if I'm on time, I'm late and I panic if I'm feeling like I'm going to ever be late to anything. So of course I get there. Um, to see the opening band and the opening band is called everything, everything. And they're from the UK, the most unique original music I've ever heard. The performances were spectacular. Um, They sounded great. There was one point where they played a song and I was kind of at a weird point in my life. The way the song felt, I'm getting chills again, thinking about it. I started crying. I was like bawling because it was so moving and it wasn't really a ballad. It was, you know, it was a little bit somber, but it just, it felt like it took a turn at the end and started to like feel hopeful. And then I was like, yeah, I can relate to that. And I started bawling my eyes out. But everything, everything, I, I it's like a mix between, and it's so hard to categorize them, like Radiohead, 
but the vocals are, uh, he's kind of, he goes to this great falsetto. It's just, it's quirky and interesting. It, there's so much going on musically, so you can get lost wow. in it. Wow. Um, I'm not sure if we can post links on these podcast descriptions, but I'll definitely make sure we, we post links to, to them. They're great. I highly recommend it. If you ever get, I've, so I've seen them twice and holy crap, man, one of my favorite bands. They're Which, still making music. Still or? making music. Actually, I ran into the lead singer when the show was done because um, we wanted to walk a little bit away from the venue to get uh, an Uber home because it can just be pandemonium, you know, with, like yeah, hundreds yeah. of people walking outside. And yeah, I I had not just that one Jack and Coke. I had a few. I'll just yeah. admit. <laughs> and I ran into the guy and because I, I was so moved and impressed by the, their their music and their performance. I kind of made a, I was like, oh, dude, what you saw you? You're so great. You have, you got a, you got a huge fan up. And he's like, thanks. Thanks. <laughs> Leave me alone. <laughs> that was kind of cool. Um, but I, in thinking about this topic, um, there's a song that will pop up uh, when I, when I do my, um, you know, Spotify radio or weekly, uh, they do that weekly. What's it called? Your weekly like finds, you know, when they yeah, just yeah. kind of like, might like this music, there's a band called uh you're gonna love the name of this band i don't know how but they found me do you know what that comes from <laughs> um i do Come i on. do i do but i can't i can't put my finger on it. I'll, give yeah. you, I'll, I'll give you the line that comes after i don't know how but they found me run for it marty you know what that's from <laughs> yes i do how great of a band name is this i don't know how but they found that's the name of the band that's awesome right so uh, let me read the lyrics. The song is called uh, Nobody Likes the Opening Band. Well, and I think we like should that. tell everybody, not everyone knows our brain. What do you mean? The, move, the name oh, Back of to the, the Future. Band. Sorry, that's for Back to the Future. Yeah. Okay. Right. You can't assume everybody knows that. When the guys he sold the, the faulty uh, bomb to are coming after him. <laughs> that's right. Or the plato- he stole the plutonium. Uh, Doc Brown. <laughs> anyway, the lyrics go like this. Uh, oh, come and see the opening band Now that you've got your tickets And beverages in hand They look so tired Sound uninspired Guitars are second hand Because no one likes an opening band That's the first stanza uh, Nobody likes the opening band Their set time's far too early And I've never heard of them And chances are they won't go far Career sure to end Because no one likes an opening band uh, <laughs> I think this is the bridge Oh, unfamiliar things will make us nervous, but singing here for you gives me a purpose. So, take pity on the opening bands, because no one came to see them except their mom and dad, which is very true in my experience. (laughs) But if you lend an ear and give them just one little chance, you may just like, you may just like, you may just like the opening band. Isn't that great? I love that song. That's great. I mean, I'm reading the lyrics, but if you hear the melody... It's awesome. But that it rang so true to me because I've been that opening band where people are like booing you to get yeah. off the stage or just watching you with their arms crossed or, yeah, yeah. you know, playing to like the bartender and the bouncer. Like, well, we're here. Yeah, <laughs> we're, well, make it a live practice. So <laughs> everybody's still outside smoking or whatever. Yeah. And then, I'm yeah. going to take a break. Or they don't they don't show up because like, what what time's the what time are our doors open? Uh, I don't know. Eight o'clock. All right. I'll get there at 10. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, especially if it's general admission, standing room only, who gives a yeah. crap? <laughs> so anyway, yeah, give some love to those opening bands. And, and in my experience, in Nick's experience, get to the show early. You might just find your new favorite 
band, your yep. new favorite artist. Hundred percent. It's that's so. Ever since then, I mean, I've always tried to go to shows early anyway. But ever since that one experience, I'm like, I'm going early. I mean, again, I'm afraid I'll be late, but I'm going to go early. <laughs> and my mindset is because maybe I'll see a new a new act that I've never heard of. Who um, they probably all wrote their own tunes as well, so they're yeah, songwriters as well. Exactly. And what, what is great is the next time I saw them, they were the headliners. So Look that was that. cool. Yeah. And they played, God, was it, I always get, there's two venues downtown LA. I get mixed up the Terragram and the, uh, the other one, <laughs> there's two that seem very similar to me. I can't remember where I saw them, but, um, it was a decent sized venue. I guess that's what I'm trying to say. Yeah. So anyway, uh, well, we've reached our time limit. Corporate's telling us we gotta, we gotta, gotta wrap it up. We gotta wrap it up. We were using too much electricity. You're gonna shut the lights <laughs> off. Uh, but thank you for uh, listening, and uh, we hope you learned something. Um, we, we hope that you go away from this having more respect for your fellow songwriter and your fellow opening band. And so, until next time, keep on listening. Stay good. And we'll talk to you then. <laughs>